Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened. That just happened. Don't touch that dial. It's Thursday morning, and you've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Ben America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and Mike, we're on the heels of a fantastic race weekend coming up, and we uh, had a very fantastic race weekend uh, behind us. We had the Battle of Lake Erie, of course, Doctor Jay Hanover with his 146.4 mile. A lot of great stuff happening in Florida Hardest during this week. Yeah, certainly, Mike. It was a fantastic week, and a fantastic week is coming up as well as uh, we get the Pepsi North America Cup eliminations coming up at Mohawk. We'll talk about that a little bit towards the end of the show. But, Mike, we've got a great show coming up for you. A lot of firsts here uh, on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, the manager of Northwood Bloodstock. Bob Bonnie will be joining us. Of course, Bob Bonnie, also part owner of the fastest harness horse of all time, always be Mickey. Uh, with that 146 performance last year at the Red Mile, Bob's going to join us to talk about a little bit about his career and how he got started in the industry. Plus, we'll talk a little Always Be Mickey and, of course, uh, Bob's responsibilities at Northwood Bloodstock. Also, speaking of another fast horse, Mike, you just mentioned of Dr. Jay Hanover going 146 and 4 up in Canada. It's the fastest Canadian mile of all time. And we had a chance, Mike, to sit down and talk with trainer Tony Alanya. Yeah, we did. We had a chance to sit down and talk with trainer Tony Alanya about Dr. J Hanover. And, Mike, it's interesting because Dr. J was uh, also staked to the battle, so it would have been really cool to see him uh, do something crazy here in uh, Ohio as well. Watching that mile was very, very super impressive. You won a leg of the graduate in 146-4, and four, the fastest Canadian mile of all time. We're also going to have track after Ken Workenden on, Mike, and this is going to be a fun uh, fun little uh, segment that we're going to have coming up here this morning. He's going to talk about the United States Trotting Association announcing school, which was last posted by uh, Tom Durkin. And we're also going to have the owner of Guantanamo Bay speaking of the battle with um, – Leonard Sorge, who will join the program. And, Mike, this is going to be interesting uh, in the fact that we're trying to get more owners on the program. We're trying to get a few more owners on to talk about, you know, how they got in the game, uh, talk about, you know, their horses and uh, things of that sort, and uh, maybe try to attract some uh, attract some new blood. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, 
kind of talked about it a little bit, and we want to bring more owners uh, on this program just basically to talk a little bit about what ownership's like. We try to vary uh, who we have on the program. I mean, we have a lot of drivers. We have a lot of trainers. You know, we have track announcers. We have track employees, so it's going to be good to, to have uh, another on this program just to talk a little bit about what it's like uh, through ownership size. But uh, Bob Bonney is on deck from Northwood Bloodstock. We're going to hear from him after this time out. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standardbreds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now we're joined by the manager of Northwood Bloodstock, Bob Bonney. Bob, welcome to the program, my friend. Thank, thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. No problem, Bob. Let's first touch on Always Be Mickey, and we asked Tony a lot, and I'll give everybody a little spoiler because Tony's. Uh, we had a chance to sit down with Tony yesterday, and it was one of the first questions we asked Tony. And I'm going to ask you the same thing, Bob. When Always Be Mickey crossed the finish line in that time of 1:46, what was your initial reaction? Absolutely thrilled because. Uh, just to back up a little bit, um, there were a couple of circumstances that day, uh, jumping shadows and a few other little things, that it really he wasn't out to set a record. Uh, and uh, when he got to the when he got to the half, as per Sam's race call, he was on time. Three quarters were relatively slow for that kind of speed, you know, one nineteen and four. So I was the main mission then was to win a race, and that he could come home like he did. Uh, Kind of surprised me, to be honest with you. It, it did surprise me. But now, Bob, to say, it, was, get, it was very thrilling. Bob, let's get a little bit to uh, talk to us and talk to our listeners about uh, how you got into the sport and how you got into ownership and uh, with Northwood Bloodstock. 
myself uh, goes back a long, long time. Roosevelt Raceway, Yonkers Raceway. Uh, say I was in the fourth grade. My parents bought a racehorse, and that was it from there on. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I was able to start working. You know, I, I I look at it as two ways to get into the horse business. You either get into it from the from a, a kind of above it and come down as owners generally do, people that have had successful businesses, or you start on a on the bottom and work towards the middle. Um, and I think the, if there's one difference between the two, I think you get a greater appreciation if you've, you know, worked in the barns and cleaned enough stalls. You get a greater appreciation of how difficult it is and what what it what it entails to get horses to perform like they do. And uh, you just don't take it for granted. You, you just have to appreciate when they can do what they do. You just appreciate it. You really it it just gives you a different perspective, is what I would say. Bob, tell us a little bit about Northwood Bloodstock. What's Northwood Bloodstock uh, all about? What do you guys do there? It's a bloodstock agency. Uh, agency. I started it in uh, probably the, the, the initial sales were 1980 in that area. It, I had a different company, International Standard Bread, which ended up being Northwood Bloodstock. And we represent people at public auction uh, and, and private sales, just a little bit of everything. It's, it's to, to relate it to, to uh, people that aren't necessarily as horse familiar. It's a brokerage firm. I, it would be, I guess, the big way you'd put it. Uh, you know, we sell horses, uh, whether it's privately, publicly, consult with people, uh, appraisals, you know, Pretty much everything that has to be done, as far as sales and in, uh, in in that arena, yeah. Now, Bob, when it comes to selling horses and getting horses ready for auction and things of that sort, tell us a little bit about the kind of work that goes into that. It's it's has different facets depending upon whether it's yearlings, uh, whether it's mixed horses. Uh, it's a matter of contact, communication, presentation. Uh, when it's yearlings, you know, you're going to, in our case, since we don't have a farm, we're going to coordinate with the various farms that we either represent or send horses to. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have a good customer base, uh, you know, uh, Deo Valente Farm, Andre Farm, Bluestone Farm. Uh, this year we'll be selling some for Joie de Vie. Uh, uh, Linwood Farm. They've they've been with me for quite a while, and you know they raise the horses, prepare them, send them to the sale, and we do take it from there. Mixed horses a little differently in that you're just getting race horses and broodmares that really get to you at at sale time. So you've got to be familiar with with them, uh, know who your buyers are, uh, know what they're looking for. Uh, know what, how the horses have been performing. You really have to know, you know, we have access to so much information now uh, that the more we can provide, uh, the better off everybody's going to be. And uh, that's what we try and do. We try and make it as, as, as accessible as possible. Visiting with Bob Bonney, the manager of Northwood Bloodstock. Of course, Bob, uh, you're active in ownership in the game, as we talked about with Always Be Mickey. Uh, what are some of the horses, uh, some of the more memorable horses that you've owned uh, down in the, in, the, in the past years? Uh, well, I've been very fortunate that uh, I would say uh, that the, first, the first horse of real prominence would, be, would have been Annihilator. And uh, that uh, I, I, think, I think I have the, the unique distinction of having – Horse of the Year and Breeders' Crown winners 30 years apart. So that uh, it's kind of something I'm kind of proud of, that uh, there's something to the longevity. But Nihilator would be number one. 
and Mickey, they're 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 one and one A. You you flip them any way you want. They're different horses. Different. They had different qualities, different careers. Uh, but uh, you know, arguably to me, among the best I the best I've ever seen. Uh, and then right right on their heels would be Camtastic. So you know, those three. That's that's a pretty good start. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take those. I'll take the, I'll take those three. I think anybody would, no question about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, make, it, make, it makes, makes for a nice entry, I'll put it that way. <laughs> Bob, one more question before we let you go. Sure, um, sure. You know, obviously you've been around the business for, for quite some time. You've seen it. Uh, you know, you've seen the slots boom, which has certainly had a big effect on all aspects of racing over the last uh, 10 or 15 years, uh, primarily in Pennsylvania, New York, and, and Delaware, yep. and all the areas around here. What would you say um, the biggest difference uh, right now between besides slots from the sport 20 years ago to the sport now from your vantage point? Oh, biggest difference. Uh, I know we're talking on, on the racing itself. Or, yeah, I would uh, say the racing uh, itself. Yeah. Uh, I think the racing is probably as competitive as it's ever been. Um, you know, I think we've, you know, moved away from, you know, obviously the half mile track's not as fashionable as it once was, but I think one of the things that separates racing now, in in a very basic sense, from when I first started to do this, I think, and I think it it it, it attributes or certainly contributes to a lot of the speed that we see now and a lot of the racing style. We've got the best group of drivers we've ever had, and they're all drivers. The bad drivers, if you want to use that expression, still can get horses. The the lesser one, everybody can get horses to go fast now. And, you know, when I started doing this, and when I first would go to the racetrack, in a given race, you know, it was the trainer-driver era. So you might have, even before the catch drivers came into play, you'd have a you know an eight-horse field, and there'd be, you know, three or four guys that really were not very good. They couldn't make speed. And it it made for a different style of racing. It did allow horses to maybe come from behind a little more now uh, because guys on the front end maybe just weren't very good. Now you look at the drivers, they're different. They're physically, they're different. Uh, they're For the most part, they're smaller, they're more fit, and they all get horses to go. And when you line up 10 behind the gate in a major race, it is rare that you have a guy in there that you just say, you know, he's he's really bad, bad driver. He's not a very good driver. And I think that, that has a lot to do with, the, I think, it translates into the style of racing we've got. And it translates, I think, a lot into the speed and how the races are conducted. I, I would, you know, amongst, you know, no hub rails and uh, different equipment, uh, which is all positive advances, I would say the fact that now um, it's strictly catch drivers has changed the style of racing. And, uh, you know, it's made it's made for more exciting racing for the most part. A different racing, but it's Certainly. made for good racing. Absolutely. What's that? What's what's ahead? What's down the road for uh, one Bob Bonney? Uh, just keep. I, there's no real plan. It's very fluid. Whatever happens, it happens. I go about my business on a day-to-day basis. Somebody asked me the other day, "What about you're going to find another?" I don't know. You know, you know, Mickey, be it Mickey or always a virgin, another one that re-raced recently. Um, they happen. They just happen by circumstance, either seeing them or have knowing that they were available. So hopefully, hopefully, there's another one somewhere. All right, Bob. But listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and, and let's everybody get a plug. If anybody needs to go get a hold of Northwood Bloodstock and use your services, how can they go about doing so? Two zero one eight six three two zero eight two is the phone, or NorthwoodBloodstock dot uh, com. All right, sounds good, Bob. We appreciate you joining us, my friend. Terrific. Thanks, fellas. Have a good day.
All right, that was Bob Bonney. Certainly a lot of great stories there, uh, Mike, from Bob, from his duties at Northwood Bloodstock, but also uh, from the ownership aspect as well. Yeah, definitely. He presents uh, a, a different kind of uh, a different kind of that aspect of it. You know, you heard him say he doesn't ha- they don't have a farm. You know, kind of work with their partners, Valente, a couple of others. And so it's really interesting to hear how uh, bloodstock agencies operate like that. Yeah, it certainly is. I've had a lot of people say, you know, when we were running the Northwood Bloodstock uh, commercial for the debate, a lot of people, you know, must be would bloodstock do what do they do so you know what better way to answer that question they have bob bonnie on the show to explain it himself we've got a lot left on this edition coming up here on post time with mike and mike presented by bet america our good friend darren Gagne is uh, once again going to host the running aces segment their meat is off to a good start we're going to hear more about running aces here in just a moment plus tony alani we had a chance to sit down with him yesterday we're going to play that interview in just a few minutes of course, uh, Tony Alani, the trainer of Dr. J. Hanover, who's uh, now the fastest Canadian horse of all time with that 146-4 and effort. Leonard Sorge owner will be joining us at about 11.15 or so. And the voice of the Meadowlands, Ken Workington, will talk about uh, the USTA announcing school, which is coming up on Saturday, the 17th of June. We'll talk to Ken. And we've got a lot more left as well on top of that on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. It's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack in beautiful Minnesota, and here are the highlights of a fantastic week of live racing action at Running Aces, which featured not just one, but two outstanding new track record performances this week at Running Aces. It started on Saturday night, June 3rd, with Banker Volo, who dominated the Running Aces $10,000 open trot. There's nothing unusual about that headline, but the reading on the teletimer was the big story on Saturday night. Banker Volo posted a mile in 154-3, eclipsing his own previous track mark for age trotting stallions of 155-2 that he set last season and also establishing a new all-age track record for trotters at running aces by besting the previous 154-4 and mark that was turned in by Celebrity Hercules back in 2013. Banker Volo now sports a two-race winning streak in just three starts this year, and he is owned by Dan Rowland of Grinnell, Iowa, and is being trained by Jenny King. Another record-setting performance was turned in on Tuesday night, June 6th, when PV Miracle Mary paced gate to wire in a dazzling 152-2 in a $6,000 condition pacing event. She established a new track mark for four-year-old pacing mares in doing so. She's by Dragon Again and is owned by Joe Casagranda and Dave Cusara of Michigan. Joe Casagranda, also the trainer and driver on PV Miracle Mary, who was ultra impressive on Tuesday. And speaking of distaffers, Best of Jenna continues to be razor sharp at running aces, she peeled off her third straight win in the $12,000 Mayor's Open on Tuesday night in 152-3 with trainer driver Rick McGee aboard. For owners Dr. Ken Rucker and Jana Lee Rucker of Wisconsin, Best of Jenna withstood a furious late charge from Stable Eyes and Luke Plano 
to post another gate-to-wire tally, with Shark Festival checking in third with Steve Wiseman in the bike. This week, the Running Aces also featured the debut of several of our 2017 Late Closing Series events, and that started back on Saturday night as well. On Saturday, the first leg of the Charlie Hare Trotting Series went to post with two divisions. In the first division, Letting the Night Roll did not disappoint as the 1-2 favorite, trotting to an impressive 156-2 lifetime mark with a 3-3-quarter length victory for driver Luke Plano and owner and trainer Jenny King. Letting the Night Roll is a very impressive 4-year-old mare by SOS Lunar Eclipse. In the second division of the Charlie Hare Trotting Series, also on Saturday night, America's Game was fastest of all, posting a half a length tally and a lifetime best 157-3 with Dean McGee driving for trainer Rick Bertrand and owner Glenn Wilson. America's Game is a four-year-old gelding by American Native. Series action continued into Sunday, where we featured two divisions of the Noreen Sea Philly and Mare Pacing Series. In the first division of the Noreen Sea, it was E.L. Peacemaker with a sharp win by a length and a half and a lifetime best 156 flat with Steve Wiseman aboard for trainer Brett Ballinger and owner Russell Crotchet. E.L. Peacemaker is a four-year-old mare, an Illinois bred by Duneside Perch. In the second division of the Noreen Sea, Wisconsin Believer, she made a believer out of many. On Sunday night with a dominating eight and three-quarter length career mile and 156 flat for trainer driver Rick McGee and owner Michaela Delgides. Wisconsin Believer's a five-year-old mare by Dally. Also Sunday, the mini ha-ha claiming pacing series for Phillies and Mares got underway and TB Beach Girl went down the road for driver Dean McGee Trainer David Ginter and owners William and Richard McIntyre, TB Beach Girl, posted a very nice 155-4 tally by three-quarters of a length. She's an eight-year-old mare by Jenna's Beach Boy. Series action on Tuesday night included two divisions in the first leg of the What a Terror pacing series, and it was Look at Luke Smile, a three-year-old by Smile from Ear to Ear, who dominated the first division and held on gamely to win in 155-4 with owner-trainer driver Mark Minton in the sulky, and Look at Luke Smile is also owned by Justin Gould of Iowa. In the second division of the Water Terror, Wonder Bull converted a pocket trip into a three and three-quarter length romping win in 155-1 and one as much the best in the field, with trainer driver Nick rolling aboard for owners Rick and Lisa Peters. Wonder Bull is a three-year-old gelding by Artistic Major, and he's now won two races at Running Aces this season. And finally, on Tuesday night, the Best Deal in Town Progressive Claiming Series for Pacers debuted, and I'm Confident delivered as the 6-5 favorite from Pocket Ride. I'm Confident powered by in the stretch for a length and a quarter win in 154-1 with the General Mooney Swenson aboard for owner-trainer Bob Johnson, also owned by Henry Weisnick. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up this weekend at Running Aces, more exciting live harness racing action. First race post time, 6 p.m. Central on both Saturday and Sunday. Tuesday night, live racing action. First race is at 7 p.m. Central. Leg 2, series action, will highlight the upcoming week of Running Aces, along with the open trot, open handicap pace, and the mayor's open pace, as well as Minnesota Sired events. Live racing every Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. Don't miss the action.
Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And before we get to Ken Morkinen, we want to talk about something going on at the Meadowlands Racetrack. Uh, this Saturday, Mike, is something I think me and you both would enjoy. It's the second annual Beer Fest, and tickets are still on sale. They're going to have 30-plus total producers of breweries, lots of fun activities going on. The VIP area opens at 4.30 with general admission opening at 5.30. And it's a, they have a $75 VIP ticket, Mike, which includes admission, VIP lounge, a food buffet, a tasting glass and uh, VIP tastings, and one additional hour of sampling. Mike, I think this is something uh, me and you both could uh, partake in. Absolutely. No question about it. Sounds like a lot of fun. Another thing that sounds like a lot of fun, Mike, is the USTA Announcing School. That's coming up on Saturday, June 17th. And here to tell us a little bit about it is the track announcer, the voice of the Meadowlands and Freehold, Ken Warkington. Ken, how are you, sir? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Ken, tell us a little bit about uh, the announcing school and uh, how you got involved in it and kind of give us maybe a little bit of a sneak peek at some of the things that you're going to teach uh, some of the young promising announcers of our sport. Well, I think it's one of a kind uh, type of course, uh, if you will. It's it's more of a, a fantasy camp type of thing, but I do pass out a rather thorough uh, uh, handout here. Uh, there's a packet with uh, uh, an announcing course uh, with a lot of uh, detail and uh, this is something I did actually back in the 90s, uh, the mid-90s. It was uh, sort of conceived by Ellen Harvey, who is the person uh, that you contact at U.S. Trotting to get involved. It's uh, ellen.harvey at U.S. Trotting or ustrotting.com to get more information. But um, back in the 90s, we kind of hashed this out and, and kind of she tossed the idea around. And we did six of them. We did six for thoroughbreds. And because we did have thoroughbreds in the fall, and and uh, we did uh, three for thoroughbreds, I should say, and three for the harness, and um, the proceeds went to the uh, crippled jockeys and uh, or disabled jockeys and uh, the Standard Bread Retirement Foundation at the time. 
Uh, and we got a lot of people involved. We got a lot of coverage. It was it was a lot of fun. It was hilarious. We had actually a contest each class, so you had to win the contest to call an actual race. So management was kind of like, eh, are we going to let the guy win, you know actually call a race? But it worked out really really well. I mean, the, there were there was a lot of excitement. You had like thirty or forty people in one room recording. A race call on a cassette, by the way, a cassette tape, and then handing in their cassettes to me, and I would evaluate the cassettes and I'd declare a winner, and the guy got to call a race. Uh, there were even some ladies that gave a gave it a shot, but some of these guys went on to uh, get some work here and there. I don't know if they're still doing it, uh, but uh, anyway, we revived this um, a couple of years ago. Tom Durkin was the uh, in charge, of it, and you can watch that on USTrotting.com, and he used this course outline, which uh, really hasn't changed very much. Uh, and so I'm going to go through the course outline and uh, the evaluation points that, uh, that I assessed uh, to these uh, contestants back in the 90s uh, for accuracy, clarity, voice quality, uh, style information, color and excitement, use of descriptives, are they tentative? Are they confident? And one point for thoroughness. So the most points are 30 each for accuracy and clarity. And as you guys know, that's the most important thing. You know, Ken, it's interesting that you mentioned that packet because I have that packet in my closet. Um, okay. I remember when I wrote a letter to you, uh, gosh, it was a long time ago now, but I, I remember writing a letter to you and I got this packet from Ken Morgan. It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, that, that that packet uh, is what you're going to teach from because, you know, there's a lot of useful information in that packet uh, that you created. And, uh, you know, it, I still kind of go through it uh, once in a while uh, as you know, if a person is an up-and-coming announcer, what's one of the biggest things that you can kind of, uh, you know, kind of give them for advice? I would say, um, and I will bring these with me, I've got probably 20, 25 uh, books about the subject of voiceover. Um, and every book, I mean, there's a lot of overlap, but every book has, uh, I've gleaned a lot of information from. Um, and there was a, an excellent book called uh, that I have here that I always go over, uh, check out once in a while. It's called The Use and Training of the Human Voice, just to understand how the voice works. Um, so books, uh, courses, uh, and also you can go online, go on YouTube. As you guys know, you can get you learn everything on YouTube, how to fix a barbecue. You know, <laughs> you can go on YouTube, and, and pretty much you don't have to pay uh, to get decent information on on how to how to uh be a voiceover guy and but as far as calling races is concerned that's of course as you guys know is a specialty and there's no class for it but then again there is it's on june 17th <laughs> so uh, i've kind of uh combined the announcing techniques that i've learned uh from courses that i've taken from private lessons that's another thing that uh, a young guy can do is take lessons take acting lessons uh, practice reading out loud, uh, and and listen to others. Uh, that's another that's another big thing is is gleaning other uh, techniques from other announcers, and uh, ultimately you have to be yourself. You can't be a copy of somebody else. Uh, you might copy other announcers' techniques and and ways of doing it, but you have to be yourself. Uh, and and the only real. Uh, you have to have experience. You have to be prepared for anything, any situation, and you need the experience. You need to, to pay your dues uh, working in the boonies. 
and and it takes years and years. As you guys know, well, no, you both of you know, you're both announcers. You know what it's like. You have to pay your dues, and and work at it. Uh, and every night, every night, every night is an audition. There you go. That's right. I mean, you never know who's going to be listening. And of course, been down the road, down the dirt roads with the county fairs, and and mm-hmm. uh, announced it in the press boxes that you look like the the floor is going to fall in at any second. And I mean, just <laughs> things like that. You absolutely have to be willing to uh, to to pay your dues. Ken, you know, you always hear uh, people asking the other people, especially when you get in like the wagering part of the industry. Oh, if there's one thing uh, that you know you can concentrate on as far as wagering a race what would it be and i'm going to ask you that question about announcing if there's one thing ken that's most important thing above and if you could only tell your your students one thing about announcing the most important thing what would that one thing be well it might be one or two things the number one you have to be professional 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 you have to provide information you're, you're there to provide a professional service. That's what you're paid to do. But you also have to be aware of, and I know I'm going on here, but you have to be aware, of course, of the safety of the participants on the racetrack, i.e., if a driver falls off, a jockey falls off, uh, something, you know, there's an accident, God forbid. And the, you also have to be aware of the gambling uh, aspect of what you're doing, the fact that there are gamblers, there's money on the line, and you are the spokesperson for the judges. You have to convey that information. So I go back to, it all overlaps, but you go back to being professional, providing that professional service uh, and providing information that the judges have given you. And you also, of course, work for the man. You, have, uh, you, you work for an entity, a, a management, uh, a racetrack management that you have to, uh, you know, adhere to their whims and, and, and listen to what they want you to say and so on. So that gets down to also the promotion end of it and not just the promotion end of what the racetrack's trying to convey, but also the sport itself. You're always there promoting the sport. You're part of the marketing arm of the sport, but you are at the end of the day, part of the processing of the racing, the racing's going on, and the stars are on the track. The stars aren't in the booth. The stars aren't in the judges stand and the charter and so on. The stars are on the track. You're just there to call attention to them and, and provide as much professional information as possible and be aware of the safety and the gambling aspects and the promotion end of the sport. That's it in a nutshell. All right, good stuff. Ken Warkenton, Saturday, June 17th. It's the USTA announcing school. Now, is that uh, all full and booked up to your knowledge? Oh, yeah, we have like 50 people. No, I'm just kidding. We have, I think, um, last I saw, we had nine people signed up. We had a a dentist who couldn't make it but made a a donation anyway, and I told him I would accommodate him any time on a subsequent Saturday. So basically we've got 10, uh, but there's still sign-up. There's still time. It's Saturday, June 17th. It's at 8 a.m., so I'm going to – uh, talk for about an hour or so, take questions and so on, and then uh, the baby races start at uh, 10 a.m., and uh, each person will get a chance to call one or two, depending on how many we have. We should have a lot of two-year-olds racing by then and, and uh, qualifiers. Um, and the contact, again, is it's Ellen.Harvey, so it's Ellen Harvey, Ellen.Harvey at U.S. Trotting, or just contact U.S. Trotting uh, and uh, figure it out from there. And, of course, we're doing this, guys, 
with in the spirit of Sam McKee, our good friend Absolutely. Sam McKee. Yeah. HHYF, Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Bob Hayden, of course, works with, uh, with it uh, very closely with his girlfriend, Ellen Taylor. Uh, great people, great organization. That's where we need to uh, nurture uh, new fans and new interest in the sport with the young people that are involved in it. And these camps are fantastic. We go down there to uh, Gateway, and uh, they have the races, and uh, we speak to them. Harness Horse Youth Foundation was a big interest in Sam McKee's life. I believe he was a trustee, if I'm not mistaken, or part of that organization. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been real, real tough not having Sam around, but Sam is always going to be around. And when we do things like this, we know Sam's tapping us on the shoulder and saying, way to go. And that's that's what it's all about, and it's all about having fun, too. This is a fun thing. This is a, you know, it's like any fantasy camp uh, in any sport. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised we've got that many people involved, but there, there's some there's a closet of guys out there, I'm telling you. They, they want to give it a shot. It's on their bucket list. That's what they tell me. And we're going to, you know, we're going to hopefully have some fun with it uh, because that's what it's all about, and to help out uh. the charity. Absolutely. Ken, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll be listening to you, my friend. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. All right. That was Ken Walker to the Voice of the Meadowlands. Good stuff there, Mike. I know you were mentioning about uh, the packet that, uh, you know, that uh, Ken Walker then sent out. Uh, it, it's, you know, and now it's what I'll tell you. I was, as a matter of fact, I was watching a little bit of Tom Durkin's uh, school this morning because every once in a while that'll pop up. I know it's on YouTube and somebody will put it on Facebook. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I remember most from that, that what Tom says is that you just, you really have to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, you've got to practice, practice, practice. And these opportunities of announcing, as you well know, Mike, don't come up very often. I mean, there's just not many announcing jobs out there. And a lot of it has to be in the right spot in the right time. And when you do have an opportunity to shine, like Ken said, everywhere is an audition. When you do have an opportunity to shine, you have to be ready. Yeah, that's 100% correct. You know, I started at, you know, Rosecroft, Colonial, the Shenandoah County Fair. You know, it's all about paying dues. I used to drive from Mississippi to Rosecroft and back in a weekend. And you know what? You lose money, and, you know, it, it's not easy to get into. But sure enough, nine years later, here comes Flow Race calling. So, you know, it takes some time. But if you work hard enough at it, you can get there. Still plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We had a chance to sit down and talk with Tony Alania, the trainer of Dr. J Hanover. We're going to hear from him in just a few minutes. Plus, uh, owner Leonard Sorge, uh, owner of Guantanamo Bay, will be joining us at about 11.15 or so. So don't touch that dial. Plus, we're going to take a look at the eliminations. We've got three eliminations for the North American Pepsi Cup coming up at the Mohawk, the North America Pepsi Cup. I hear it both ways, Mike. America, American. It's America. It's the Correct. Pepsi North America Cup, yes. Yes, <laughs> Not absolutely. Yeah, there you go. i got to remind myself every once in a while. Tony Alani is in the on-deck circle. We're going to hear from him next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. 
Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. $2 million in purses. One unforgettable night. It's Sunstake Saturday at the Downs at the Lincoln Sun Pocono on Saturday, July 1st. The best of the best make their way to Northeast Pennsylvania for this prestigious night of racing with the Earl Beale Jr. Memorial Trot, the James Lynch Philly Pace, the Max Emp Memorial Pace, and the Ben Franklin Free for All Pace. Post time is 6.30 p.m. Fans can enter now for a chance to meet Wiggle and Jiggle and his connections on Eliminations Night, June 24th. Email your entry and why you want this experience to MeetWidgey at MoheganSunPocono.com. That's MeetWidgey at MoheganSunPocono.com by June 14th. Sun Steak Saturday, July 1st at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Don't miss it. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And right now, we're joined by trainer Tony Alania, trainer of Dr. J. Hanover. And i got to tell you, Tony, let me just ask you this. I was putting all these questions together, trying to figure out which order I'm going to ask you these in. And I'll ask you this first to start off. What was your reaction when the horse crossed the line and you saw the time? Well, the funny thing about it was I was at the Meadowlands uh, warming up another horse, and they were playing it on the, the big Jumbotron while I was warming up. So they were at the head of the lane, and I had to pass the Jumbotron. I couldn't see the finish. So talk about uh, a few nervous moments till I got back and found out how he actually finished. So, But uh, at the head of the lane, when I pr- crossed in front of the Jumbotron at the Meadowlands, it looked like he had a good shot to get up and win. Obviously, this was a horse with a little bit of ability, and of course, we're talking about the 146 and 4 effort at Mohawk in the graduate, which is now uh, Canada's fastest time. Broke always be Mickey's record up there, uh, north of the border. Did that effort surprise you in any way, Tony? You know, the the effort itself didn't surprise me because the horse has just been plagued with bad luck coming back. He's had outside post positions at Yonkers and the Levy. Then I took him up for the Confederation Cup. He was locked in, finished third in his elimination. Then he drew the nine-hole second tier. And with a horse like him, that uh, you know, one of his biggest assets is his gate speed. To draw the second tier was just, uh, you know, just a, basically we had to ride him around there and hope for the best. He never actually got a clear shot. So, you know, he was sitting on two races where he never got a clear shot to race. So, you know, it set up for him very well. And uh, 
and Doug did a, did a great job. You know, we got him out of there, got him in position, and, uh, you know, the time was surprising, but the effort, I wasn't shocked that he was able to do what he did the other day. Visiting with trainer Tony Alanya. Tony, of course, the trainer of uh, Dr. Jay Hanover, that big 146-4 and four effort in the graduate at Mohawk last uh, weekend. Tony, uh, tell us a little bit about Dr. Jay Hanover. How'd you uh, get this horse? Give us a little bit of his backstory, if you will. Yeah, sure. Of course, we uh, we bought him originally from uh, from uh, Harrisburg sale from Hanover's consignment. He was originally owned and purchased by Myron Bell and George Siegel, Marvin Katz, you know, a group of uh, that was put together to uh, to buy some high end pacing colts. And uh, we raced him as a two year old, and his attitude wasn't the best, so we made the decision to castrate him when we put him away at the end of his two year old year, and and it really helped this horse. I mean, he came back. He had a a really sneaky, nice year last year. We started him out at Yonkers, and he won the Pennsylvania, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, not the Lynch, the, um, oh, shoot, escapes my mind right now, the, uh, the race at Pocono, the Hemp, the Hemp You're, Consolation going for 200. Right, right. And, yeah, excuse me, the Battle of Brandywine Consolation going for 200. That right. He won that, and, you know, he was third in the jug. You know, he just kind of put together kind of a nice little sneaky year last year. And, uh, you know, with, with what happens in that partnership, they sell at uh, January sale, uh, all those three coming four-year-olds. And uh, when he went into the sale, we decided that there would be some partners that wanted to get out, and I brought some new partners in. And, uh, you know, they were a little, of course, hoping the horse would shake loose a little bit quicker than he did, but uh, they had faith in him like I did, and, and he paid us back. Tony, what's uh, next on the radar for uh, Dr. J. Hanover? He's going to uh, Tioga on Sunday for the next leg of the graduate, and uh, Doug McNair will go down and drive him as well. And then uh, we'll take him back up to Mohawk. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody, of course, at Mohawk yet, but uh, I would guess he's probably going to get an invite to the Mohawk Gold Cup the following weekend going for 100000 So he'll stay in Canada the next two weeks. And then based on how he does there, you know, he's eligible to Ben Franklin. He's eligible to uh, everything else from here on out. So hopefully you'll see him down there. This is the time of year, Tony, as we uh, move on to another subject real quick. It's time of the year where, I don't know, you got the two-year-olds coming around. Obviously, uh, you and a lot of other stables are busy get, kind of getting the babies ready to race, seeing a lot of them on the track, at least the public is anyway, for the first time. Is this kind of year, is this a stressful time, or you think this is an exciting time, or does it depend? It's a it's a very exciting time for, you know, for all of us as trainers because we put in the work all winter, and uh, now we're – ready to see if uh if everything paid off you know i think if uh if our instincts were right and our intuitions were right on the horses that we liked all along and you know you'd never really truly know until you put them behind the starting gate you know i mean we've, we've all been fooled as trainers and we've all been pleasantly surprised as trainers so now's the time for uh the horses to get behind the gate and uh prove it or disappoint us whichever they're going to do tony tell us about some of the two-year-olds uh you're perhaps looking forward to most yeah, I've got a couple of Colts I'm really high on, some uh, pacing Colts. Like I say, they've got to do it on the track first, but I've got an American Ideal Colt that I really like named American History. I've got uh, a couple of Beach Somewhere Colts, uh, Legal Power, Babes Dig Me, and Key Advisor I'm real happy with. And um, I've actually got uh, two Cantap Colts, uh, Gallant Man and uh, Dawson Springs, and a Conway Hall Colt named... Uh, Godspell Hall that I'm happy about. So, you know, so far, so good. Certainly looking forward to that. Tony, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on that uh, monster effort uh, up in Canada, and uh, good luck the rest of the way for you, my friend. 
Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the owner of Guantanamo Bay, Leonard Sorge. Leonard, so much this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Leonard, talk to us a little bit about uh, Guantanamo Bay coming out of the Battle of Lake Erie. Uh, talk to us about uh, how you uh, how you came upon Guantanamo. Well, we bought purchased them for fifty five thousand of the. Uh, January sale at the Meadowlands, and you know I've been always in the game with mostly you know raceway horses, you know older than four year olds and up, and we thought it'd be a good fit for Yonkers, you know the non winners at twenty twenty five thousand level, you know maybe fifty claimer, and uh, he's far exceeded my expectations by winning the Open a couple of times there and being very competitive against the best of them up to now. Well, I'll tell you what, it certainly helps to, to have one like that, uh, to come across one like that. Lenny, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry. What uh, what made you get interested in harness racing? Well, my uncle had horses. Well, I've always liked horses. My uncle had harness horses in the early 80s. And uh, in 1993, I claimed my first horse, Del Rey Lobel, a Breeders' Cup, a Breeders' Crown winner from Lukaida. And uh, I've been owning horses for the last 25 years. Basically, the first six or seven horse I had were trotters, and when the Meadowlands used to have the nice 30 to 65 claiming trot, I'd buy one for 20, 25, put them in there, and the purses were real good back then, and we made a few dollars. And Leonard, talk to us a little bit about what you as a owner look for in a horse uh, as far as, you know, confirmation and things of that sort when you're going to purchase your horse. Well... I always like horses that go forward in the stretch. Uh, I know the game has changed a lot in the last 20 years. Before at the Meadowlands, you always wanted to be second over. But now you got to look for a horse that can have speed and then also still have a finishing kick in the stretch. And I look at their lines, and I leave it up to my trainer to look at you know their confirmation and if they have any injuries or things like that. But I look at speed figures and uh, – if a horse can do both, you know, go to the front and win and also come from behind, those are the kind I really like. Visiting with Lenny Sorge, uh, harness horse owner. Lenny, what do you think uh, harness racing can do maybe to get some – I know that, you know, the, the sport really uh, concentrates on trying to get new blood into the gambling aspect of the industry. What do you think the sport can do to maybe get more people interested in ownership? Uh I think 
what they're doing now is they're trying with these seminars and uh, conferences and uh, actually if they just you know with the new purse structures now due to the you know most states with the casino money I mean the money's really good out there especially at Yonkers and you know I would just tell people that you know you can get a nice horse at a reasonable price out of sales and stuff and you know take a shot you know, find a trainer, find a partnership, and uh, go from there, and and race. You know, good horses. You know that 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 you pay a little bit for, but in the end, you'll get a good return on your on your investment. Now, Leonard, one last question before we let you go: What's up next for Guantanamo Bay? Well, he's going to probably go to Pocono Downs this week, next Saturday, in the Open. Or the winners of over, and then he's going to go to Ben Franklin, and hopefully, if he doesn't qualify for the final, now that Wiglet Jiglet is going to miss that. It's, I just think it's wide open. The rest of the horses that are there, I've been racing them all year, and then hopefully he'll have enough money to go in the Joe Garrity on July 22nd at Saratoga, and then I think I'm going to give him a rest since he's been racing since last October, and get him ready for the fall winter for. Uh, you know, give him a month off or so. All right. Yeah, he's certainly been a very durable horse. Well, Lenny, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Anybody else, maybe uh, any other horses that you own that we should uh, watch out for? Yeah, we just purchased uh, Pardue Hanover from Irv Miller in May, and he won the uh, winners of over at Yonkers two weeks ago, and uh, he has this week off, but I expect him to be in the open at Yonkers this come not this Saturday, but when the Yonkers reopens on the seventeenth. Fantastic. He, uh, he went he went a very good mile in fifty one and change the other night there. So Yeah, that's the over right. there. Well listen buddy, yeah. we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to well, you in the future, my friend. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, that was Lenny Sorge, and uh, I'll tell you what, like you said, Mike, we're going to make a, a concerted effort to try to get uh, more owners on this program because I, I think that's an important part of the business, and you know, when we've talked to Anthony McDonald about it uh, time and time again, I think it's an underrated part of the business as far as where harness racing should be targeting because, like, if you go back, Mike, if you go back you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years when the sport was thriving, that's what your clubhouses were full of. They were full of owners and their friends and their friends. And, uh, you know, hey, they all bet, they all ate, they all drank. And uh, I think that's kind of like a, a missing entity now in the, in the sport of harness racing. Yeah, definitely. I think the USTA does a uh, decent job with trying to get, you know, owners into the sport. And, you know, it's not easy. It's not you know, horses. It's not a uh, it's not cheap, but places like the stable.ca and uh, VIP Internet Stables, and, you know, they, they've made it not necessarily cheap, Mike, but affordable for people like me and you who, you know, may not have, you know, a million dollars just laying around to uh, get involved in the sport of harness racing. And uh, it's always fun when VIP horses win, so the stable.ca horses win, because there's always a ton of people to go on Winter Circle, and there's a lot of excitement built around that. Wait a minute, you don't, you're saying you don't have a million dollars just laying around like under the mattress or something? Then I'm not you, bro. <laughs> I know you've well, got it just uh, kind of hanging out in the safe at the house, but I don't have it. 
You know what? We're going to do something coming up next that we haven't done in quite a while. We're going to go around the horn. We've got Pepsi North America Cup eliminations, plus the uh, Charlie Hill Memorial is uh, coming up this weekend, Mike, and Abrogato is making his 2017 debut. So we'll take a look at that as well coming up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? It has been a while since we have played that bump. The Around the Horn segment is back here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike, we've got some good harness racing action coming up this weekend, and we're going to start uh, on Saturday coming up at Scioto. It's a field of 10 in the $200,000 Charlie Hill Memorial. And, Mike, what's interesting about this, the storyline of this race is that defending Dan Patch Award winner and world champion Abrogato is making his seasonal debut mike and he is starting from post one in this 10 horse field yeah you know it's interesting because the eyes at northfield park will be uh definitely on this race as the uh, classic is coming up on july 1st mike and abrogato is the defending champion there as well abrogato seems to race really well here in ohio he likes Sayota, he likes uh, northfield park but it's interesting, uh, the kind of field that this drew, uh, homicide hunters in this field. Uh, Richard Banca's got Hemi Sealster in here. You've got Natural Herbie. This is a very, very strong group of trotters and uh, very competitive at that. 
Yeah, from the pylons out, it's Abrogato, Natural Herbie for Vernon Yoda, starting from post two. Musical Rhythm from post three for trainer uh, Benoit Bayarjon. Four, Hemi Sealster. Five, J.L. Cruz, or it's finished second here in the Maxi Elite. Two, eight, Crazy Wow, who's in this field as well from post eight. Seven, six is Centurion ATM. Seven, Muscle Diamond. We talked about eight, Crazy Wow. Nine, Homicide Hunter. And ten, Major Athens. I would have to think right now that based off the last performance by Crazy Wow, I have have to think that he would be the favorite but post eight there is tough and we have to remember mike that 10 is a trailer at Sayoto. that is correct right yeah the 10 is a trailer at Sayoto. and if you're looking at the entries on the usta site and actually in your programs you'll see a little, like a little mark right behind a horse that's in the second tier uh at least in the united states tracks uh standard bread canada does not have that currently but it's a very strong field of 10. Uh, John Driver John Campbell is going out to drive Muscle Diamond. So uh, it's going to be an interesting race, that's for sure. The three-year-olds are in action, Mike. It's that time of year again. It's time for the Pepsi North American Cup. There are three eliminations for uh, next Saturday's final. Let's take a look at the f- field for the first elimination, which will be on race three. That's coming up on Saturday night. One is Morristown Beach. Two is Ideal Wheel. Three is Tony Alanya's Western Hill. Four down by the seaside, who obviously is going to be a huge favorite in that elimination and probably the final. Five, some attitude forward driver Tim Tietrich. Six, Eddard Hanover, seven, sports column. And uh, eight, Stealth Bomber, owned by the Bellino Stables. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Bellino, who's a very, very uh, big presence on Facebook, always posts about Stealth Bomber, but they haven't been getting the best of draws, starting from post eight out there again. But down by the seaside has to be uh, a prohibitive favorite in here, Mike. Yeah, I think down by the seaside, uh, you're gonna get, you're not gonna get two to five. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be, you know, probably one to five if, uh, if you're lucky. Uh, he definitely towers over this field. Um, Ideal Wheel is a pretty interesting horse. Uh, for trainer Casey Coleman and driver Louis Philippe. Um, he draws inside of down by the seaside, but down by the seaside, speed, he can come from off the pace. And of course, you've got David Miller in the bike. Second elimination is race number eight, a field of nine. Arsenal seals. There is one, two is uh, Huntsville. Of course, coming off a huge win in Pennsylvania Science Stakes action last Thursday here at Harris, Philadelphia. Three, Beckham Z-Tam. Four is Classic Pro. Five is Ozone Blue Chip. Six, Normandy Beach. Seven, Beyond Delight. Eight, Me So Fast. And nine, Richard Hill. And uh, Huntsville, definitely the favorite in here. Yeah, definitely uh, Huntsville. He's the one to two morning line choice. This is by far the easiest of eliminations and I'll tell you what Mike it might come back to beat Huntsville uh, not having to face down by the seaside or fear the dragon uh, which we'll get to here in a second Huntsville draws the inside events against a, uh, a, a pretty soft field if you ask me I've been watching uh, these two-year-olds we prepare for the Carlson Memorial at Northfield. That you know, me so fast is uh, is a good horse. Uh, so is Normandy Beach, Beyond Delight. These are good horses, but they don't match up to Huntsville, uh, at least not yet. I think Huntsville wins this elimination, uh, dropping off and going away. All right, the third elimination race nine, a field of eight. Max Jackpot starts from post one, Hurricane Beach two, Filibuster Hanover three, Mark four, Darling's Dragon is five, Ocean six, Fear. Dragon seven and streak of eight, and uh, we had Brian Brown on the show here a couple of weeks ago, and Brian Brown is just stacked. Obviously, with down by the seaside, but uh, I'll tell you what, fear the dragon. Is he as good as down by the seaside? We might get a potential matchup from next week. You know, it, it's interesting you ask that because it, it could come down to the dragon 
a Huntsville and down by the seaside, and it's going to be uh, two-on-one with two very good Brian Brown-trained horses. And then, of course, you have Huntsville trained by Rock Ray Schnitzer. This is probably one of the more competitive races, I think, for a little low on Fear the Dragon. Ocean Colony has been racing pretty well for trainer Jimmy Tactor, uh, who is a normally a uh, normally he's a, a, a trying trainer, Mike. So to see him have a very good pacer is a uh, is a, is very encouraging. Uh, Filibuster Hanover is uh, no slouch. Hurricane Beach is kind of a new one for me. Uh, with we feel Bois on the bike, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. But uh, I think Fear the Dragon and Ocean Colony are probably going to be duking this out. And the final of this thing is going to be fantastic, probably one of the best we've seen. All right, Mike. Well, I don't know where this last hour has gone. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us. Anything else, Mike? No, I think that'll do it. We appreciate everybody uh, taking time out to join us. Our next live remote is coming up in just a couple of weeks and is uh, going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be at Men's Racing entertainment for the Meadowlands Pace. Make sure you're joining us out there, Mike. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it certainly is. On behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, on behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich. We'll see you next Thursday. By the way, Mike, I do have something. I can't believe I was going to go the whole show without saying anything about this. Next Thursday is the return of our town hall series with USTA President Russell Williams. So if you have any questions, email Mike at Post Time with Mike at Mike and Mike.com. Again, that's Mike at Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. Good night, everybody. <laughs>